It's episode 21. How are you? Look at this. We're on time. The episode is coming out as it should. This actually felt the most normal that my podcast has felt in a long time because I interviewed somebody in person, and that's all because we worked together, and we've worked together for 12 years. I'm talking about John Hewlett. Now, If you are from St. Louis, you know John because he is the PA announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals. He has also worked on KC95 since the late 70s. He, in my opinion, is maybe the most St. Louis, St. Louisan out there, (laughs) to be real, Uh, especially with those two institutions. John would be more modest about that and would probably shy away from that. But he really is a big deal. And he's a big deal to me. He's a friend. We had the KC Morning Rock show together for eight solid years It was eight of the funnest years of my life, and it definitely started my radio career. It began with him. It was always him. And so for me, talking to him is both emotional and personal and professional and just fun. I I don't know. I just have a lot of fun talking to John. So you're going to have fun as well, especially if you listen to the show. And if you've never known John, maybe you're from out of town or came upon this podcast randomly. Get to know him. He's somebody to strive to be in the radio industry or uh, strive to be in a sports industry because he's had a really cool career, none of which we talk about in this damn episode, if I'm just going to be honest with you. (laughs) I've already had that conversation with him a million times. So we actually talk about pretty mundane things as pals. We talk about the pandemic, uh, our comfort zones in the pandemic. We get into some financial business, which I think is interesting and something you should hear And we also just kind of compliment each other on our qualities. And so this is as awkward as it's ever been because that's what our whole show and dynamic has been about. So enjoy this awkward, beautiful, lovingly conversation with my lovely friend, John Hewlett. I mean that not of age, but of your of our friendship. Do you know that we have known each other? This will be fifty years. Fifty years. I believe our souls were connected for fifty years. No, let's see. Oh eight. I met you in two thousand and eight. Twelve years. Yeah, that's, before you were on the radio. Right. That's whenever I was in promotions. You've probably never listened to my podcast, have you? And it's okay. I haven't listened to my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that. That's fine. No, this podcast is interview. I've interviewed my mom. Tim has been on it. My sister. I've interviewed like Lux and all sorts of different people. So this is just a conversation of people in my life that I find interesting. And you are very interesting. And so I wanted to talk to you on microphone mm. again. Oh, thank you. So that's why I invited you over. Plus, you're an easy target because right now I can't bring anybody into the studio. <laughs> <laughs> because mm. of the pandemic, yeah, I thought, why not get John in here, and then we can have like old times, and we could talk and laugh and bring some joy to the masses. He's on his last leg anyway. Just bring him in. Bring him in. Get the eulogy going. Yeah, yeah. So, how's it? <laughs> okay, you're gonna choke on that popcorn. How has the pandemic been going for you? You know what? What? I'm ashamed to say it. You enjoy this. It has really not been hard for me, and I, yeah. I I'm, I'm, I'm very empathetic to people who are struggling with this because people lost their jobs right. and people have died, and I'm not minimizing it at all. Yeah, but I'm feeling guilty because for me, thank goodness, uh, in terms of health for everybody, my family and friends that I know have not been affected. Right, and for me, I'm doing the radio show from my house in the morning. Get mm-hmm. out of bed, walk about twenty feet, you know, still in my underwear. Right. And uh, and do the radio show. When it's over, 
go back to the bedroom, um, maybe flip on the TV, watch some reruns of Friends on uh, TBS. Uh, Which is like pornography in your house to you. Yeah, because I love Jennifer Aniston so much. She is, she's gorgeous. So cute. What era of her hair is it? Because I, I was watching it the other day. Are you watching it on TBS? Well, I was. <clears throat> My daughter Olivia uh-huh. has the, all the seasons <laughs> on DVD. Oh, God. So she said, Dad, you can have this and watch them. You know, from start to finish. Start to finish. So I started from start to finish. Now, I've seen a lot of them already because right. of my recent addiction. Uh, addiction. <clears throat> so I'm kind of fast <laughs> going fast forward through some of them, although I do like watching them again. Yeah. You know. Kind of picking up on things. Yeah, picking up on things and uh, reliving some of the real funny stuff. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, she's so, I kind of watch her. Like I'm outside, like I'm outside of my body watching her. I go, man, I just, I just love her so much. Yeah, you're never gonna meet her. Yeah, I know I'm not. I, <laughs> but wow. I, she's, um, and uh, and she's uh, funny. She is funny. I never realized she was as good a comedic actress as she is. You know, you have got to see Wonderlust. I just gave my DVD copy to my mom because I told her, I go, you have to watch this. It's she's the main character. It's her and Paul Rudd. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Maybe you've already seen I it. I don't think so. Where Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston are married and they lose their jobs in New York and they have to go. They end up staying at this hippie commune with a bunch of other hilarious people and. She is gorgeous in that movie too, yeah. and you'll. I once I get the DVD copy back from Mom, I'll give it to you to watch <laughs> because Ruth and the girl, everybody that would watch it would probably enjoy it because it's hilarious and she's beautiful in it. Are there any awkward moments? Because I don't like watching movies with my daughters that are, get awkward. Um, yes, there is a full frontal nude shot of one of the characters who maybe just you and Ruth watch it. Uh, it's a guy. He. Um, Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd, they are in this little stupid Pinto car and they're driving into the uh, um, commune and there's a nudist guy that lives on this commune and he's not, I, he's a comedic actor, I can't remember his name, but he's completely naked, it's dark and they find, they they have the high beams on him and he turns around, he starts running mm. towards the car because they start backing up because they're afraid and so his junk is like, wobbling uh, all around so yeah, yeah that would probably be awkward yeah i wouldn't want to watch yeah that. you don't want to watch it with the kids but uh yeah back to the back to my favorite show uh, <laughs> back to jennifer aniston's breath uh, yeah. yeah and you know since i'm doing it on the dvd you know one one episode's over the next the the, the, the theme music always starts you know mm-hmm. and i'm so tired of that and seeing right. those opens and so i'll as soon as i and and a couple times they've hit and I've heard someone in the other room, like Sophia or my wife, go, "There goes another one." <laughs> and so he's on a I, binge. So now I turn it down real low so they can't hear that. So they don't. Yeah, that's but uh, yeah. So that's that's you know been. <laughs> that's been your pandemic. And uh, cutting the grass, I've been cutting her. I bought a brand new powered uh, battery powered lawnmower and a battery powered uh, weed whacker and a battery powered blower. Look at you! So I've cleaned up the environment. I'm doing my part for that and um, saving money. I'm not uh, having to pay somebody to cut my grass because that's what I was doing. Yeah. And I use it as one of my workouts during the week because right. I got about a half acre and, and some of it's hilly. And my my battery powered lawnmower is not, uh, 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 doesn't, it's not powered by itself. It's not, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, I don't, I've never, I got to push lawn. it. You know. Oh, you don't have to push it. It just goes and you just kind no, of. No, no, no. It, it, it is a, no, I have to push it. I'm oh. saying it, it doesn't, it's not a, uh, ah. Ah, this phase of my life or my memory doesn't kick in anymore. It's starting to frustrate me. Let's see. I mean, I, uh, I've never self-powered. Mowed. Uh, 
self-propelled. Uh, oh, you know, see, you, I don't know anything about that. Oh, yeah, they're self, most of them are self-propelled. You know, oh. you don't have to push them. They, oh, they, really? They kinda go, yeah, you just kind of guide them and push a little bit. Oh, but, well, this yeah. makes everything different then, because I'm always like, oh, Tim, you're doing such a great job. I'm thinking he's pushing that thing all around. You're telling no, me no, that no, that no. thing yeah. just pulls itself and the men that are shirtless doing this or just most of them yes really yes, yes. so but but this one is oh. not because it's because it's battery powered it doesn't have that heavy motor in it right so it's not quite as heavy as the others yeah but it still turns out to be for a little bit of a workout but uh you know so i, I include that in my workouts and that's another thing i still do i'm doing through all this uh, you know doing a lot more a little more running and uh, um uh, trying to stay in some kind of physical condition because what happens when you sit around and watch Friends reruns all day? You get fat. You start, yeah. <laughs> you get a fat ass, right? Yeah. You, know, you start. The rim starts want to come back on me. Yeah, you know, yeah. my rim. You I, look good. My waist. Well, thank I you. only see you like every two weeks, but yeah. um, you don't look like you've gained any weight. I gained about three pounds, two, two to three pounds. You know what my mom had? Uh, have you heard of these smart scales where you step on them barefoot and it tells you your weight, your body's age. How much of your body is water? How much is like visceral fat, et cetera? Oh. I stepped on that thing on Mother's Day. My body's age is 36, which I'm 35, but it told me, you know, how m- I was like, I didn't have enough water. I, like it told me I wasn't hydrated enough. Mm. And I mean, it's all through like an app on your phone. I think I'm going to buy one because it, it's like Jerry, my stepdad was saying that he didn't like it because it said that he was like 78 years old or something like something insane because he's only 69 yeah Yeah. but you'd probably get a kick out of that because it breaks and the girls would too because my sister and my mom are obsessed you stand on it and it tells you all these things and then kind of motivates you to drink more water or okay my fat levels are really bad in this capacity and my it gives you your bone density and all this how can it know that it's something about, and you have to get on it barefoot, it has these sensors on it, and you stand on it, and, like, it reads you your weight, and then you look at your app, and it has, like, a breakdown of 10 things. Huh. It's yeah, interesting. It's interesting. How much is that? Um, I looked on Amazon. They range anywhere from, like, 50 to, like, $200. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's well worth it. I'm going to get one. Hmm. Because I want to, you know, I, I'm starting to wear the Fitbit again. I stopped wearing it for a couple of months because I... I just I didn't think it was tracking things as much as I wanted, yeah. and then now with working out at home, because um, I was doing Orange Theory, which I was starting to really enjoy, and then that got scrapped. So now I'm doing Orange Theory at home through oh, their yeah. app. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's yeah, not. You look good too, Lauren. You look oh, good. Thanks. I've gained some weight though. I need to. I need to get back on it big time. Well, when I weigh myself, I weigh myself every morning, and uh, um, I go pre and post. Eliminations of the toxins, right? Because that can cause your weight to vary sometimes as much as a pound. Are we talking so, about urination? Everything and defecation. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Get all, everything's yeah. eliminated. Yeah, the eliminations of all toxins. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm too addicted to the to the to the to the scale. I'm too addicted to my Apple phone, my my Apple Watch. Uh, all the health things, mm-hmm. my sleeping statistics, my running statistics. I'm I'm too addicted to all that stuff, but I guess that's part of who I am. So Yeah. Well, know. that's why you're in such great health is because you monitor all of that. Well, we don't know. You never know, Lauren. And no guarantees, baby. You oh, know I that. Know. You know that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, and so, you know, through this, though, you haven't been able to, obviously, Cardinal Baseball hasn't started up at all. And I know that you're Missing that, I mean, for for doing it as long as you've been doing it, um, being the PA announcer, not having the season start, I mean, there has to be both pros and cons to that where it's like, 
I think a pro for a lot of people during this pandemic who are healthy and are as comfortable as they can be through this. I think something that everybody keeps going back to is, oh, I've had time to slow down and see my family more, or I've had more time to myself. And, you know, I think to an extent, a lot of people are kind of enjoying that time, Mm -hmm. you know, because nobody's had this, especially Americans who we work ourselves to the bone. You know, we worry about everything. We go a hundred million miles per hour. I mean, how have you, dealt with not having that season start up and, uh, you know, and obviously working from home, your, your life is so flipped right now. Yeah. Well, I like the excitement of doing Cardinal baseball. I, I, I like, I see it as a challenge every year, you know, it's a mountain to climb. And once I get started, you know, it's one step at a time, uh, the same way I, I, I approached any, any, any of the running that I do and, and or my job here. You know, I see it as something that just needs to be accomplished and I'm going to do it no matter what. I set a goal and I go for it. Mm-hmm. So that goal is not there. And that feels that that feels really weird to me. And I think all of this has also shown me, you know, how hard without really even really, really realizing it, because I'm, I'm lucky to have jobs that I really like and they're, you know, uh, fun to do. But I realize how hard I've been pushing Yeah, that, you know, uh, you know, maybe uh, at some point here uh, through all this, I'll be able to weigh that out more now and decide, you know, how much I really want to do in my future what? as far as, you know, <laughs> retirement goes or, yeah. or semi-retirement or no retirement. This is going to help me weigh out that, that, uh, that Decision. question, right? you know. That's interesting. So, yeah, you just and, I, and not just me. I think all of us. We don't realize how hard we go. Whether it's our jobs, whether it's taking care of our kids, whether it's taking care of our uh, other family members, uh, you know, people who are caregivers. You just don't realize it until something like this comes along, and you go, "Whoa!" You know, uh, maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I'm not really looking after myself, looking out for myself as much. And not to be selfish about it, but you know, I think most of us more often are less selfish than than we think because we're constantly pushing working for for our families or right. for, or whatever you know i've been listening to a lot of podcasts who have had doctors on and kate hudson has a podcast out called sibling revelry with her brother oliver and the podcast i was listening to this morning was with this neurologist guy who He's more Eastern medicine than he is Western medicine, but he was talking about how the neurons and everything that we have inside of us, we essentially have a pharmacy inside of our own bodies. And that um, if you have a positive mind, have you know, if you live in love instead of fear and moving around in your life, those people don't get as sick as somebody who's constantly full of anxiety or mm-hmm. concern. And um, I haven't finished the whole episode today, but I, I was thinking about how that kind of correlates with what you're saying about how this is a time of reflection and transformation, I think, for everybody, because this yeah. is a worldwide thing. And I think coming out of what we knew before 2020, the life that we had lived before this, everything about that we appreciated or took for granted or whatever, th- from here on out, it's different. And I fully believe that this is transformative for people in a better way, even though it yeah. sucks really bad right, right now. Right. I think after we get through this and we will... I think that people are going to be um, much more uh, living with gratitude of what they have, the small things, healthy yeah. family, my health, my job, all this stuff. And it's not going to be this 
full of fear type of life. Yeah, more in tune with living as opposed to more in tune with uh, uh, pushing and and trying to uh, uh, gather things. You know, uh, that's what we're taught in this this country and in this this world of capitalism, which we live in. You're taught to get out there and make your own way and make your money and bust your ass. And a certain amount of that is good and you got to do that, you know, and, you, and, but boy, we, we also can get carried away. Some of us, some of us are a type personalities and we are just going to keep pushing until the, till the shovel comes out, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, this, this kind of enlightens and lightens me, I know to, um, maybe not quite push as hard when uh, things get back to normal, you know? That's good. Well, you work yeah. so hard anyway. I've always said it. You have always had Cardinals, Casey, and then you are one of the best dads in the world because you are so involved with your family. You've never, in my opinion, you have never given less than 100% at any of those entities, being a dad, being the PA announcer, being a Casey jock, because I think that they're all threaded in your DNA. You're good at all three of those things, but also you deeply love those things Mm. so much. And I think that it's, um, Mm -hmm. you're quite the example, I think, for people in the radio business becoming a parent and then doing something in sports like that. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying those nice things. Yeah. You know, uh, I've been really lucky. I, uh, you know, I, you know, you know, where do you go once uh, you've realized your dreams, you know, uh, mm. that's, that's, that's where I am now, you know, cause, uh, <laughs> we can't cry on the podcast. <laughs> Or actually, we can because I've cried in multiple episodes. <laughs> goals that I've that I've set for my life, you know, and, and not that they're great goals. I mean, they're pretty much everyday uh, goals. I've I kind of feel like I've uh, kind of gotten to them, you know. So yeah, you know what uh, what's next? So I I try to think about that. I I do think about that. I don't try to um, pretty much every day, yeah. you know. And so well, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's next for me. I keep thinking about this business and what happens if it goes away. Like that's, that's been a thing that I've lived in fear through this is, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I have a job, but then I'm watching a lot of people I know not have jobs in this business through this. And I keep thinking, well, what, what would be that second thing that I would be very good at that I could do if this all craps the bed? And I, I think about that, not just in a pandemic, but have thought about that the whole time. And, you know, my business is with people. I love people. And Mm -hmm. right now I can't be around a lot of people. And that to me has been one of the hardest parts of this is not being able to physically see people as much, but the podcast, the radio, social media has all been nice little avenues for me to connect with people still. And so I'm just, I'm very thankful for that technology just all the way around. Well, you're, you're a communicator. You were born that way. Yeah. There's no changing you. That's <laughs> it. And and that's and that what so what works best in this business? A good communicator. Right. And you are that. And the, you're that's why you're successful and why you're doing as well as you're doing. Um because it's you. Right. You know, you're not you're not faking this this stuff. This you can you know. say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not. I you know, and, and I think this, when I talk to people mm-hmm. about our relationship, our friendship, our show we had. And I think the big thing that came out of that era of our careers was how real it was. It is, you know, I think that's like the highest compliment is to say that, um, people, they know us like they, they don't know us personally completely, but what they hear on the radio and what they meet in real life, if they ever do is exactly that. And that's important. 
Yeah. Yeah. The radio business is uh, different for, for different people who mm-hmm. get into it. They get in for different reasons. But the one basic thing in all of us is a need to be liked for some reason, yeah. you know. And I don't know where it, how, it, how, how I got that way, but I, I know I have that. I need that sense of gratification. And, you know, it's kind of an annoying thing. Yeah. You know, it can really work your, your head a little bit. Oh, you my know? God, yeah. So, you know, yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you're a natural at it like you are, uh, you, you'll always be able to survive in this business. You know, you'll always because you know yourself, you, you know who you are and uh, you know where, where you want to go. I mean, I don't have any doubts that you're going to do great. You are doing great. Okay. And, uh, you know, the business, uh, it's not going to leave you. I'll just put it that way. Well, I, I mean, I'll find a way to keep growing on people like funguses till the end of time. I'll be 99 years old and talking somebody's ear off. So <laughs> yeah, you got that from your mama. I do. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> she's a, she's a, she was, I interviewed my mom on this. That's an interesting one. If you ever do want to listen, she uh, came in here one night and I interviewed her and she completely turned into like a different person because she wasn't, I think she clammed up and yeah. it, it wasn't as organic well, and natural, yeah. which she's not used to it right, as much right. as I am. And I right. get that. But yeah. I was making fun of her because I'm like, Mom, like, you didn't, like, there was no interaction. It was me, like, Barbara Waltering her because I would ask her a question, she'd answer it, and then that was it. Also found out that she rode a mechanical bull and took her top off back in the 70s. And so I had that come out. So quite quite the listen for yeah. people that maybe want to know where I come from. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm so happy that I got to have you for 20 minutes. And, um, you know, I think something that's been good is, you know, through this pandemic, you talk to people that um, are close to you. You you and I have texted. We've called. um, Tim and I have an idea about doing a drive-by tequila shot from your house one night where we, uh, you and Ruth, have a bottle of tequila. And Tim and I will bring a bottle of tequila. And then we will park our car at the end of your driveway and do a tequila shot with you. And then, you know safely drive off, not be drunk by any means, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of talked your way into that one, didn't you? Uh-oh. <laughs> just one, just one, and then we'll go. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm so thankful for you through this and any guidance that you're able to give me and, um, you know, just your friendship, John. Damn it. I wish mm. I could live at your house with you and broadcast the show with you from there and we yeah. can all just live at your house. Yeah, that'd be fun. And have big radio world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. hmm. Yeah. So suck on that. Suck All on right. That. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Thanks All right. for being on my podcast. Do you have anything else you want to say? Do you want to lash out or? Um, oh yeah. You- <laughs> there are some things I'd love to lash out about, but I can't do that. Yeah. Maybe maybe a different podcast some other time in a different world. <laughs> All right, Johnny. That's all you need. That's it. All right, pretty generic stuff. Oh, you want to get into some meat? We can get some, get meat, some if meat if you want. Bring some meat. Out. Uh, let's see. Like, um, you know. Uh, Let's see. You want to talk about like any of your stories? Like, <laughs> you want to talk about that time? That- <laughs> yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, uh, uh, yeah. Stories from the windows has isn't uh, coming up, but uh, I feel that's another thing. I feel like I've told every story I have to tell. Yeah. Uh, over and over, many many times. People love hearing them, though. But I don't know if they love hearing them. I'm amazed that people don't know them. It's like I've told this story a hundred times. Right. You say you listen to KCL all the time. How do you not How know this not story know I've told? Do I really have to tell this one again? Because I think I'm getting worse at telling them as my memory gets worse and worse as time goes on. You need Ray with a cue card. Yeah, I need Ray. 
because <laughs> Ray has he has all of everyone's stories in his brain. Yeah, he does. He does. What do you but, think? Uh, no, I'm, I'm grateful for the listeners out there who've, who've uh, put up with me all these years because, hey, I've gone through phases, man. We all go through phases, learning phases. I listened to myself back in the day and I go, who would listen to this crap? Right. This, how'd this guy survive? How is he still here? So why do you think you know, people like you so much? Well, I don't know that they do. I no, mean, they I'm do. Sure my, I have my detractors I'm uh, out there. Um, you are very well liked, though. And I don't know if it's because you are part of two institutions of St. Louis, the Cardinals and Casey. I don't know if it's because that perfect blend or if it's something that they've latched on to about you personally where they go. Because I imagine that you have similarities to a lot of our listeners, but you're probably different in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. And you would think that especially in these judgmental times, people wouldn't like you as much. Or, or what, or something? Not just you, yeah. but everyone. Like, do you think that they'd be very fifty-fifty? But I want to say ninety percent of the people that listen to this radio station love you, mm. and they have loved you since what seventy-six. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, going back that far might. Uh, I mean, that helps. You right. know, uh, being a part of their lives for as long as I have been. I guess I don't know. Uh, uh, being a St. Louisan, born and raised. You know, I don't. Maybe that helps too. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't focus on it. I just. I'm just trying. To, I just. I. I feel like a failure in many ways, <laughs> and so because I do, I'm insecure and stuff like that. I Why just, are you uh, so insecure? You have such a I great. I don't know. Here's the deal. Let's let's go back in time. Let's talk mm-hmm. about you had this amazing curly hair, mustache, impeccable style. I mean, you could wear a T-shirt back in those days. You know, impeccable you, style. Have you, you seen the pictures of I have, me? I've seen. I got pictures on my phone. Uh, no, you know. So you, you knew the music. You know the music. You, um, you were. You know. I would say the ladies loved you. I, I think that you have. Um, you are just very easy to love. You're somebody well, that's, that's easy to love, sweet. man. Thank you, Lawrence. You very shouldn't be insecure at all. Very, very, you to switch, say that. Um, uh, I don't know. You know, I think back of my grandfather and my grandmother. And my grandfather, he he was, everybody loved my grandpa. Yeah. You know? And he was a major influence on my life and my brother's life. And uh, um, he lived in, in the same flat with us, you know? And um, no, probably no one has had more influence on me in my life. So when I think of him... And I think of how he lived his life and the things he taught me. And he was he was an instructor. He was not a, 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 a browbeater by any means. Mm-hmm. He was always talking to us, always telling us wisdom, trying to always express wisdom. You know, he came from the old country, came from Lebanon, you know, at 18 years of old age and made his way in 1918, as a matter of fact, when the other pandemic was going on, wow. you know, and, uh, and made his way here. And uh, he just spent time. Telling his kids and his grandkids, especially those who lived in the house with them there, uh, you know, about life, you know, and uh, things to do. And a lot of times they were simple things. Like what? You, know? you have one that you can remember that was like oh. an early lesson? Well, one I've talked about on the air many times because people made fun of it. Corcoran, uh, he, he used to think it was a great saying. And I've heard it since. And I don't know if my grandfather made it up or not, but he said nothing good ever happens after midnight, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just little things like that. Uh you know, um, uh, your life is in that gas pedal, you know, in the what? In, in that the, gas pedal, in the gas in the car pedal. driving. He wanted my brother and I to drive safely. Your life is in that gas pedal. 
you know, and he's right, you know, because what kills? Speed kills. Speed kills. Yeah. You can survive accidents where you're going a little slower or whatever. Right. But you start pushing that gas pedal too much, you know, you're, you're risking so it. You don't the risk level speed? goes up. You don't ever speed in your car? <laughs> Let's get real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are, you know, so many other things. You know, it takes, uh, um, oh, yeah, I said, uh, you know, um, it takes years to make friend. It takes one second to make enemy. So, he he was speak. like an old Western guy. Yeah, he, Even though I know this is not him at all, like I'm picturing him on like a like a like a cowboy getup and like I don't know, you know, Lebanese. Yeah, yeah. It'd be amazing. But he's right about that, you know. You know, so just little things like that, and and uh, he was just loving, you know, he was caring, and so. My brothers, I, th- I think if if you if you you know my brother maybe a little bit, but yeah. everywhere I go, I run into people who work with my brother, <laughs> and they say your brother's the greatest guy on earth, man. Aww. I love that guy, and you know I I say well he got that from grandpa, right. you know I know he did. So, well, you did too. That's then that's maybe it. so. Fa- I don't know. It's a family secret. It's in the I sauce. Don't know. It's in the sauce, baby. Yeah. And uh, I think that's <laughs> that's so true. My because. You what? saying that your grandpa was so well liked reminds me of my dad was the same. My, nobody can yeah. say a bad thing about my dad. Yeah, and, and you know I think uh, what pops in my head occasionally too is uh, when I think about my past and and how I was raised by my parents and my grandparents. I don't want to minimize the impact of my parents because they were great too. But um, <clears throat> how hard it would be to live a life with no guidance like that. Mm-hmm. Kids who are you know. Just they're rudderless. They're going going through their lives, going through tough times in their lives with with nothing to fall back on, mm-hmm. to to draw from. No strength of another individual who raised them to to help them. Yeah. And you know, and we're quick to judge when they get in trouble, and we say, "Ah, oh, you're a bad person. You're that." Maybe stop and think. Well, we don't know how that person was raised. They may may have never had a chance. Exactly. You know. Yeah, it's especially little kids. As I'm learning through these crazy podcasts. Uh, kids, little kids are em- emphatic in the fact that they um, emulate what they see in their parents, and because they're literally they're blank, they're born blank, and yeah. they start uh, adapting to the surrounding um, influences to yeah. things. Yeah. And so, uh, th- honestly, that I, I've always said this: hatred starts at home. Mm-hmm. Like all this, all the terrible stuff in the world, misogyny, racism, Islamophobia, all that stuff starts at the house. Has to. Has to. Because there's nowhere else that for so much of a little kid's life, that's their that's their world. Right. And they start adapting their sensibilities from the people that are their mentors. Who's that? Their parents or whomever's raising them. And, you know, I always preach about how teachers are so important because when you have maybe no guidance at home, get into school, you mm-hmm. start to just fall in love with these teachers who are nurturing or who are teaching you things you never knew about before or take time helping you. I mean, that teachers sometimes are the only guidance kids can have because yeah. at home is just crap. That's right. You know? Yeah. They need to be yeah. paid millions of dollars because education is the ground floor to civilization and to everything that we do with our lives. Economy, you know, these great innovators who build these amazing technological machines that are, you know, these phones that are running our, Bill Gates went to school and it was those teachers that helped him formulate his beautiful brain into creating what he did for mm-hmm. technology and Steve Jobs in the same. And I don't know. I just think that we don't put enough value in my opinion on education as a whole from pre-K to post high school school. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a complicated world out there, no doubt about it. We all enter it, you know, uh, in our own individual way, and we all handle it in our own individual way. Yeah. Um, hopefully, a higher percentage of people do it right, so that uh, the world actually can it be a halfway decent place. But there's going to be you know thirty percent of the people who they don't they can't figure it out. Yeah. You know, and they just struggle. And uh, and these times that we're in right now really kind of highlights that because those are the people who are suffering the most out of this. The ones, you know, who didn't plan well, right. didn't uh, save money for a rainy day, yes. for instance. You know, they're they're struggling uh, from minute to minute, don't know where their meal's coming from. Now, you know? with that, I'm going to give you complete uh, reward because before you and I had a show, before you and I ever talked about the importance of saving money and all of the financial stuff that you knew. I mean, honestly, sitting across from you for multiple years and us talking about, like, I always keep this in my mind. Uh, don't put anything on a credit card unless you can pay it off right then. I keep that in the back of my mind with everything I purchase. Like when I bought my new car, I could pay my car off right now if I needed to, but I can make those payments. Yeah. So I bought myself a new car. Like uh, everything that I've done, same thing with the house, you know, like we can pay our mortgage. So, you know, we are... We have a house, but before you and living I living within your means, it's called yes, yes. We are not extravagant people, no. um, and I and we have money saved up that for a crisis, you know, we're going to be okay. Like, and I I feel bad for people that have not planned in that way, you know. But I also, <clears throat> with my good planning, I share my my money. I donate to places. I make sure people who maybe aren't as financially equipped. I'm thinking of them. It's not like I'm just like blowing out of here, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> not caring yeah. about others. But I, I, you are the one, the only person in my life, John, who ever actually talked to me about that stuff. I mean, my mom and my stepdad never talked to me about it. My dad never talked to me about it. Nobody in my family t- told me anything about saving my money or, you know, getting a financial advisor to start kind of pre-planning for your future. And I am so happy that I met you just for, for that. My God, you have impacted my future in that way, which is going to help me for years to come. Well, that's sweet of you to say that. I, um, most people, I'm amazed. I run into so many people who don't uh, have that basic uh, uh, understanding of those things. You know, uh, I don't know if it's our education system or, or what it is, but that's another thing my grandfather used to always say. And it's a simple thing. You've probably heard it a million times before. It's not how much you make that matters. It's how much you keep. Mm-hmm. that's what ends up uh, being the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that's, that's how we were raised, work hard and save our money, right. you know? And so uh, someday when you get 63 years old or whatever, if you want to walk away from a certain situation, you have the freedom to right. do that. Exactly. And that's in this country, in the capitalist, capitalistic society we live in right now, that is the only freedom we really have. Yeah. Uh, financial freedom. Financial freedom. You know, because then you can say, I don't want to do this job anymore. My boss is a jerk, whatever. I want to leave this job as opposed to having to stay in it and suffer. Yeah. You know, so, you know, um, it's, it's too late for a lot of folks. But if there's some young person out there listening right now, you were young when you and I talked about this because yeah. you had still time to, to, to get your ship go, sailing in the right direction. You want the wind behind you. Mm-hmm. And the wind can only be behind you is if you work hard and save your money yes. and protect your own financial future, not just yours, but eventually it'll be your family's right. too. Yeah. I get so aggravated with people that they work hard, they'll make money and then they splurge on just stuff that's temporary, you yeah. know? 
and I, I'm not, everybody can live how they want, but I worry about these people in for the timeline. Because I look at everything wide scope. I look at things, I mean, I'm 35 now. I think about how I'm going to be at 75. And I think about what I want that to look like now. Mm-hmm. And there's certain things that I want and things that I don't want. You know, I want to still be independent or I want to be able, if Tim's gone, I want to be able to, you know, some, I'm going to have to live somewhere with somebody. We don't have kids. I don't think we'll have kids. Like, you know, I'm going to have to have somebody to help me whenever I'm, old or you know when I'm 95 and maybe I don't walk very well and so I'm gonna need somebody to watch over me and it's like I'm planning for that now with deciding kind of what I want to do in that time I would love to have like a really cute female assistant who just like takes care of me and lets me dress all weird and feeds me that's pretty much what I want right well hey (laughs) it's within your grasp just just keep doing what you're doing you're gonna be fine all right. Well, was that meaty enough for you? You want to yeah, talk about? Yeah, it's good and meaty. All right. Meaty, beady, big and bouncy. Sure. You're very smart, John, and people are eh. always so, um, I think, interested in you because you're such a weird guy too. You're loved, and you, people are curious about you. They want to know, like, what's up with that guy? You need hmm. to, you need to write a book someday about your hmm. financial secrets, your stories, and um, how you kept it all together. And you need to buy one of those smart scales so you can find out how much visceral fat you have in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if I get one, I'll I'll use it every day. I'll be addicted to it. And right. I can take a pictures of the results every day and send them to you. I want Text to them, them to you. I yeah. want it, and I'll send mine, and we'll race of ages that way. Yeah, we'll, we'll match water weights <laughs> figures. We're water weight buds. <laughs> I love you, John. I love you too. Right. There you have it. My awkward conversation, full of love, with John Hewlett. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hopefully that lifted your spirits or maybe put you in a place of forgetting about what's going on in the world. Boom, back to reality we go from here. I will hopefully have another episode out on the 6th. I have no clue what it will be because we have no clue about the future. (laughs) But we're all in it together. So just keep your ears locked here and I will try to help you forget everything that you need to forget for one episode at a time. I appreciate you. Make sure you rate, review, share. Tell me what you love, what you hate. If you have any ideas, I'm always ears. You can always email me, learn at kc95.com. Be good. Peace.